Friday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, June 30th, the first of the three summer months is passing us by, but we're going to celebrate this June 30th, 3.05 p.m., broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Glad you could be with us today. Maybe you're listening on the radio dial in your vehicle or on your little desktop radio. 88.1 FM is located down there at the left-hand side of the dial, the bottom of the dial. Beautiful stereo sound. Maybe you're listening online. KHMG.org has a link there. You can listen to our live stream. You can also listen to our podcasts of this show and other shows that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. Hope that you are having a great week. It's a sunny day. I thought it was going to be a rainy day by the forecast. But it turned out to be a lot nicer than expected. You know you can let us know you're listening also through Harvest Family Radio Guam on Facebook. Just look us up, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and like us and follow us, and then you'll also get notified when you have the opportunity to download new podcasts, new shows, new music. Chris has even put a few links on there for some recent music videos that are really a blessing as well. So I suggest highly that you follow us on Harvest Family Radio Guam's Facebook page, And stay in touch with us there. We get uh, private messages from people on there frequently, letting us know that they're listening, uh, following us, giving us constructive feedback for the radio station. You know, we've been on the air for over 21 years, broadcasting beautiful Bible-based programming and Christian music 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we are glad to be part of your drive or work day or house cleaning, whatever it is that you do while you're listening. Glad to be with you. I've been doing this now for 222. That's a perfectly balanced number. 222 episodes. Now, back when we were at episode 111, I never thought we'd make it to 222, so it's hard for me to even fathom 333, but It is possible, and we are glad you're with us for this episode. Every Friday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m., broadcasting live here from KHMG. If you ever miss part of the show, you can always tune in on Saturdays, noon to 2, and Sunday nights, 7 and 9 p.m. on KHMG as well, when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it, because we have a lot of people, they're not wall-to-wall listeners. They can't just sit down and dedicate two straight hours of their time to the show. But they can listen to little bits and pieces as they're driving about, doing errands and things like that. And uh, sometimes you might hear something you want to hear twice. Sometimes you might want to refer it on to a friend. Well, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on the rebound here for Live Till 5. Or download the podcast through khmg.org. There are a number of different ways to get connected to us through the website. Now, it is the end of June, and I've already used up all of my June observances and holidays. However, before we have our next show, we will be in the month of July, and I'm not going to talk about the July observances, but I would like to read you the first little bit 
of the Declaration of Independence because Independence Day is next week on July 4th. And so I'd like to read you just a little bit, just to take a moment before we continue on with all the kind of lighthearted nature of the show. This show's intended to entertain you a little bit, but we do have a an informational obligation to you. We have an educational and edification obligation to you, the listener. We want to build you up in your Christian walk. We want to encourage you. We want to give you give you some some good information, some good truth, and of course entertain you. Hopefully you smile at least one time during the two-hour broadcast. But because the 4th of July, Independence Day, is coming up in just a few days, I would like to remind you what our founding fathers wrote. Here it goes. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate the government's long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards of their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies." And such is now necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Britain, of Great Britain, is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused to assent refused his assent of laws the most wholesome and necessary for the good public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. 
He has refused to pass the laws for the accommodation of the large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of the public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasion on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such disillusions to cause others to be elected whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of the new appropriation of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices, and the amount of payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us, in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of the legislatures. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by the mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us with our consent, without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing there an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies." for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us all in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people." He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. 
He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages who, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been unanswered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. And it goes on and on. That is the Declaration of Independence. I think there are two paragraphs left. Let me let me just finish this because we've gone this far. Let's finish the Declaration of Independence. For those of you just joining in, the 4th of July, this was written as, as our Declaration of Independence, the 13 colonies, breaking away from Great Britain. Let me read the last few paragraphs. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts of their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and cons- uh, consanguinity. Sorry, sanguinity. Sorry, consanguinity. It's a word I've not read out loud before, like sanguine, consanguinity. Okay, there you go. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That is the Declaration of Independence. You know, sadly, I don't know if I've ever read the entire Declaration of Independence out loud, and I do apologize for my mispronunciation of a few words like consanguinity. That's that's one that we don't use every day, but maybe I need to find a way to use that. But with the 4th of July coming up next week, Independence Day, I think it's good to be reminded of the language that our founding fathers used, what they were seeing, what they were experiencing, and their throwing off of tyranny, as they said, and uh, having the right and the ought to establish their own free and independent states. And that's how it all started. And so I thought it'd be 
something of note to take just a, a few moments and read the Declaration of Independence. And with that, I want to take a short break. But when we come back, we have all the usual suspects joining us today on the show. And we're going to enjoy the rest of these two hours, this Live Till 5, episode 222 on this Friday, June 30th. It's 3.21 p.m. if you're listening to the live broadcast. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till 5. It's 3.25 p.m. on Friday, June 30th, episode 222, right here on Live Till 5. KHMG 88.1 FM, broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries on this sunny Friday. Maybe you're listening to the rebroadcast. We do rebroadcast the show in its entirety, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. We do that on purpose because most people cannot just listen to two straight hours of radio. They're busy they're in and out of the car. They're not near a radio or the live stream the whole time. So we like to rebroadcast the show so you can pick up on the parts you missed or the parts that really entertained you. You can listen again. You can also download the podcast and listen at your leisure. Go to khmg.org. Not only the podcast of this show, which this is kind of our lightweight, lighthearted Friday afternoon show, but also Building Great Leaders with Dr. Les Olala, Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin, Heart of Harvest, Harvest Echoes, all these shows and more are available via podcast on our website, khmg.org. And let us know you're listening through our Facebook page. Social media is a great way to stay in touch with us. Social media, Facebook. By that, I do mean Facebook. And we do try and update that regularly, daily. You'll see new Songs that are being added to our repertoire here at the radio station. You'll see new podcasts that are available, and you can literally click on that and go straight to the link to our website, and it's really a great thing. So Now, for one of my favorite segments, of course, we've been doing this for a while, but I just never get tired of it. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful American, including but not limited to, I guess it's successful people, not just Americans. It's taken from a book by the same basic title. Horace Martin Woodhouse wrote a book called The Buck Stops Here. I've expanded this just a little bit. But today, Sam Mercanti, president of Carstar Automotive Canada, collision repair franchise. Carstar, by the way, in the States is huge. Anywhere you want to get your car worked on, that's a commonplace. Mercanti has grown the company from uh, seven Hamilton locations in 1994 to over 112 in 10 Canadian provinces. And actually, they're projected to hit over 200. They're probably over 200 now. Market development managers scouting locations in every province. This is all Canadian. Looking for potential sites for startups and existing independent shops with good operators and strong reputations. His franchises regularly increase annual sales by 50 to 100%. Twice nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year 
and a two-time Hamilton Chamber of Commerce Award winner, Mercanti religiously keeps on top of the numbers contained in monthly reports to the head office and insurance companies. And what does he have on his desk? What little plaque inspires him every day? This is what he has. What gets measured gets done. What gets measured gets done. That's Sam Mercanti. Very successful businessman. On the buck stops here. Now, it's pretty warm outside. It's in the mid to upper 80s and heat index pushing almost 100 degrees. And that does feel very hot, especially if you're coming from a cooler, more temperate climate. However, it's not the hottest. First off, last summer, according to a weather report I read here. What's this website here? It was a website on weather. Oh, WeatherKate. This is U.S climate report for summer NOAA released its u.s climate report for the summer and uh this is actually from NOAA. but they say that last summer was one of the hottest on record in the lower 48 united states so not including hawaii and alaska but one of the hottest on record ever uh and even alaska had one of the hottest is second hottest in alaska but uh summer uh precipitation Last summer, it was the 24th wettest summer, so that's not not a lot. Certain states, it was a lot of flooding and things like that. But last summer was super hot. So the lower 48, June through August 2016, tied for the fifth hottest such period in 122 years of records dating back to 1895, according to NOAA's National Center for Environmental Information. That's, uh, that's pretty serious. Last summer was hotter than what they're predicting for this summer. Now, what are the hottest places in the United States? Well, I have records going back about the last, I don't know. It's the top top hottest temperatures in the United States ever. And as I look at this list, about 40% of these hottest temperatures ever in the United States all are in one place. Can you guess where that might be? I'll narrow it down for you. For those listening at home, it is on the West Coast. Can you guess what state it might be? No, it's California. And can you guess where in California? The hottest place, the hottest temperatures on record, the top, oh, about 12 hottest temperatures ever in the United States are all recorded in one location in California. Do you know the appropriately named location in California? Yes, Death Valley, California, hottest temperature ever recorded in the United States in 1913, July 10th, 1913, 134 degrees. That's 56.7 for those of you listening in metric areas, 56.7 Celsius. Death Valley has had the hottest temperatures at 134. They've had four at 129. Five, six, seven at 128 degrees. Other really hot places, Lake Havasu City, Arizona, 128 back in 1994. Gold Rock Ranch, California, 127, 1995. Blythe, California, 126. Mecca, California. Palmdale, Thermal, appropriately named, all at 126. Buckeye, Arizona. Laughlin, Nevada. Levine, Arizona. 
Litchfield Park, Arizona, Needles Airport twice, 125. Parker, Arizona, 125. Bullhead City, Arizona, 124. Along with Willow Beach, Arizona, Yuma Airport, 124 as well at 124. Casa Grande Monument, Arizona, 123. Palm Springs. Baker, California is 122. Phoenix Airport. Waste Isolation Pilot Plant, sneaking in there for New Mexico. Good job, New Mexico. 122 degrees, recorded back in 1994. Looks like 94 was a very hot year for the Southwest. Now, the uh, highest annual average temperature here, warmest places all year. This is also from NOAA here. Out of the 7,438 weather stations across the United States, just 17 report an average year-round temperature over 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Most of these spots sit in the southern islands, either Hawaii or the Florida Keys. Hawaii's warmest climate center around the south coast of Oahu and the west coast of the Big Island. Ten other places on the list with consistently warm weather lie scattered along the Florida Keys from Tavernier to Dry Tortugas National Park. So, Basically, the hottest average temperatures, not like Death Valley, where it gets super, super hot, but also gets cold. Marathon, Florida, highest average temperature of the year, 78.5 degrees. Boca Chica Key, Florida, 78.1. Kona International Airport, Hawaii, 77.9. Key West, Florida, 77.8. Fort Lauderdale Hollywood Airport, 77.7. Honolulu International Airport, 77.7, and Conk Key, Florida, 77.6. Those are the average temperatures uh, where it doesn't get much colder than that, doesn't get much warmer than that. Now, places with the most 100-degree weather, Death Valley, 140 days a year. Bullhead City, Arizona, 129 days a year where it's over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Stovepipe Wells, California, 126 days a year. It's over 100 degrees. Mecca, uh, California, 125 days a year. Goes all the way down to some of those same cities we read before. Top 10 places for the number of days from 1995 to 2005 with the highest temperatures in the United States. This is just crazy. Death Valley, appropriately named, had 803 days over 100 degrees or had the 803 days with the highest temperature in the United States over 10 years. So it, they, they basically ruled the high temperature. They dominated it for 10 straight years. The next one, Lake Havasu City, Arizona, 276 days out of 10 years that they held the record for the highest temperature. Texas did sw- sneak in there with Lajitas, Texas, 138 times over 10 years. They ended up being the highest temperature. Fort Myers, Florida also snuck in there, 159. Laredo, Texas, 197. So still some other very hot places. McAllen, Texas, down there, uh, way down south, Texas, 231 times. So there you go. Really, really hot places. Now, a few other temperature things to note. Um, Now, there are uh, places all around the world that just get so hot. And uh, cities with the highest temperatures in the world's hottest cities, temperatures get above 40 degrees Celsius or 140 degrees, 104 degrees Fahrenheit nearly every day for months at a time. Dozens of cities in the Middle East and Africa have extended periods of 104 degree plus weather. It's in deserts along the Persian Gulf and on the Arabian Peninsula and in Iraq and Iran 
where cities have exceptionally searing summers. In two cities, the heat rises above the rest. Only Kuwait City and Awaz report having months with daily maximum temperatures averaging 115 degrees. Kuwait City lies on the coast near the head of the Persian Gulf, capital of the tiny country of Kuwait. The city itself houses just over 30,000 people, but it adjoins other cities that together form a large metropolitan area extending into the desert. Awaz, spelled uh, A-H-V-A-Z, sprouts from the desert of western Iran with a population close to a million. Although inland from the Persian Gulf, Awaz sits just 23 meters or 75 feet above sea level. So they report 115 degree average temperature. That is just crazy. Can you imagine living in that kind of heat? I know you might feel like Guam is hot, but you ain't seen nothing yet. That is serious, serious heat. And uh, it makes you grateful for Guam's 82 degrees with you know, maybe heat index in the mid-90s right now, but uh, not too bad. We have a nice little breeze about five miles per hour from the northeast right now, which is a blessing. So we're going to take a short break. We come back, we're going to have some of the gang joining me here, and we'll be talking about different fun stuff, including something I got to do the last couple weeks. So stick around. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 3.37 p.m. on Friday, June 30th, if you're listening to the live broadcast. This is Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM. Take a short break and be right back after this. live till five it's friday june 30th 3 41 p.m you know i was talking about the heat in that last segment and i found myself perspiring talking about it i don't know if it's a like a post-hypnotic suggestion or a physiological response or drinking this folgers coffee which is just great i love folgers coffee they used to make that in kansas city so I've, I, I don't know if other people don't like Folgers. I love Folgers. Folgers, nothing comes closer to home. Yeah, that's that's an old commercial. I, I, the best part of waking up is Folgers. The best in your part tongue. of waking up that's is right. Folgers. I actually, when I was a kid, I hated coffee. Actually, I'm not. I know I don't hate it. It's just not mm-hmm. my favorite. But I changed that one to what a kid would really think because I was yes. thinking Saturday mornings I was like the best part of waking up is watching Scooby-Doo <laughs> I just always thought it'd be cool to join the military just so I could surprise my parents and come home at Christmas and make coffee <laughs> because that's what happens that was one of the many Folgers one was Peter you're home yeah ma <laughs> and he hands I her do, a cup of coffee I do remember remember that. he yeah, comes in he, he was already there in the yes, kitchen right, mom right, comes right. in the and, sister lets him in yep. and he's like shh and he has his yep. uh, duffel bag over his shoulder and he goes in and he you know the best Folgers is when you first open it up because it's nice and fresh it's and it lets that, that smell out and then he holds it up for the aroma uh-huh. and the rich taste and then he pours the water in and then the parents I smell coffee and they totally. get up they come down and the Peter, mom goes, Peter, you're home. I now that is completely there now that memory. Yes, and right. cuz I don't know if that that actually might have been one of the commercials during the 18 
because most yeah, of the, I think it was most actually, of the commercials yes. that I remember. Knight Rider and eighteen. Yep, yep. was well, I have no and idea it wasn't as much of a about. wasn't as much of a. Hey, this is television, dude. Yes. You should be maybe Airwolf. It might have been on around that nope. time as well. No Airwolf idea. was <laughs> that was. You watch the whole Stringfellow show just Hawk. for the last minute and a half. That's right. Of when it the comes battle. out of the tunnel. Yes, right. And out of that devil's, yep. de- uh, what is that called? Devil's punch bowl or whatever that is in real life comes out up. in Nevada. Yeah. Yes. That was the most thrilling. So you had to watch the soap opera part of the story for the first, you know, 49 minutes. And you watch all these good Folgers Not as much plot to that one as there was with like a MacGyver or something. Right, yeah. But it's all good. But it was worth it for that. For that, and but I, I, I mean, honestly, like all the auto mechanics, like one eight hundred, uh oh, better get Mako, and You're all right. yep. those things. Yep. Just dial Diamond one eight hundred D I A M O N D. All those things, man, they are right there in my brain. We had we I I see I was a couch potato, so I'm I'm totally you're you're definitely on my favorite side side uh trail here. But uh, <laughs> we had a we had a auto shop in the Midwest called Earl Scheib. Mm-hmm. And it was Earl Scheib was this this little older guy. He'd be like, Earl Scheib Auto Clinic. We'll paint any car, any color for just ninety nine ninety five. Earl Scheib, just ninety nine ninety five. And he says so many times. Uh-huh. It's like it got stuck in your brain. So finally <laughs> I got a car and it needed to be painted. Did I you went call to Earl, Earl? Scheib? Three ninety nine ninety five. Whoa. So like uh, if you had rough. a farm truck and you wanted them to roll it on, maybe Ninety nine, ninety five, but actually Earl Scheib let me down. I ended up spray painting the top of my car. There, wow. there was, there was this one time, like because our, our was uh oh, better get Mako, and then they yes. get the, the phone yep. number, and then my, uh, I, I said the, I would say the commercial so many times that there was one time my dad called the house and mm-hmm. said hello, this is Mako. Did you call? And I panicked because I was like, <laughs> I didn't call. I didn't, I didn't actually call it. Did I, mom? Oh, I was just saying that's it. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. I know uh, the plop plop fizz fizz. Oh, what a oh, relief oh, it is. What a relief it is. Yes, that's Alka Seltzer for yep. you, uh, Sebastian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tom, tom, tom. I don't know. So now, um, Sebastian has a little quiz for us. I, I think Chris should jump in on this because Chris is a, a really good at quizzes, by the way. Yeah. So we're missing one of our team members today because he has family in from off island, and I haven't heard from him all day. So I assume he's probably out entertaining the folks, which is just great. We, we're we're glad to have him indeed uh, on island. So what's the quiz about today, Sebastian? The quiz today is about kayaks. You know, just a Kay- random random subject. Yes, um, I call it kayaks. The quiz. So. I went to Kayak, the website, one time to help me get good fares on airlines. Pretty good. I've never been there. That's a good, it is a good website. You've used it too? Yes, I have. They should make a commercial For about international it. tickets. <laughs> well, I hope you're ready to learn some new things about kayaks through this quiz. I am. That's generally how I learned in high school was at the quiz. Okay, so question number one. We'll just go around the circle All right. here. All right. Archaeology has evidence of ancient kayaking. About how old are the oldest known kayaks and who built them? So we have about a thousand year olds, years old, built built by Hawaiians, a thousand year olds built by North American Inuits, about five hundred years old, built by Greenlanders, and about four thousand years old, built by North American Inuits. I'm definitely gonna go post noetic flood. Mm-hmm. Uh so I, I, you know, Hawaiian sounds like a, a good one to go with, and so I'm going to go with it. Okay, I think I'm going to go for the 1,000 year old Inuits because I believe I've seen the seal skin stretched 
it's like a canoe, but uh, they actually do ice. Yes. Go through the fjords. Interesting. I'd say 1,000 yeah. years. Okay. Well, that's where you get the best preserved stuff. So I'm going to go with the 1,000-year Inuits as well, even though could be the 4,000-year Inuits. Could be. You, you know that they date things in very unusual ways. Yes. So 4,000 years may be what they're... What the their current you just, you're just covering did, yourself but, in case you're wrong. You want to know what the, yeah, the, the, like, the, the second best answer right, was. Yeah, I think yeah. it is the thousand though. The Inuit. Right. Okay, well, you guys are all wrong. It's the four thousand years. <laughs> really, for the North American Inuits. <laughs> they been. Uh, stretched animal skins over driftwood to make some of the earliest known kayaks. So, um, next question. Hey, we all started out rough last week too, but then we got on a roll. One of us did. You did, <laughs> by the way. I was pretty. I'm, I'm you just were thankful on it that five you, in a row. Yes. I listened to that on Sunday night. I was like five in a row. It's like, wow, he brings his own hype to the show. But Sebastian is always on a roll. I did have okay. someone last week say, "Who's that new guy on the show? I don't recognize the voice, and he's got so much energy." I was like, "Oh, that's Josh Taylor." He's like, "Oh, I think I know him." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Energy, ADD, one of the ADHD. Yes. I'm a. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next question: A whitewater kayak. Has it turned up bow to allow it to lift over rough water? This true. is called what? Oh, I was hoping it was a true-false question. Um, a skeg, a dagger, a gunwale, or a stern? Skeg, I, I, dagger, gunwale, stern. I don't think a bow would have a stern. Does That, that just doesn't. No, that I'm, I'm just going to go with I already have one definitely that's been eliminated. Now, last time I went first, and, and you guys got. So we're starting with gunwale. Gunwale. I do know that gunwale could be it. Yeah, it's a nautical I, term. I don't know yes, if it that's is. what it is. Uh, but I'm going with it. I'm going to go with skeg. Skeg, gunwale. Well, we're definitely going to make sure somebody gets it right because I'm going with a dagger. Well, congratulations. It is the dagger. Oh! Wow. The coolest sounding waiting. one, obviously. We're never going to hear the end of it. The dagger's disadvantage is it makes the whitewater kayak hard to track or keep in a straight line. Sort of how I felt when I got that wrong. Dagger. Dagger, dagger. Oh, dagger yep. in my yep. heart. I can okay. just see a kayak sticking out of I generally chest. go with the only one that I can remember since it's not there in front of me. It's like, I remember sorry. dagger. That's why I my, a lot of these are wild guesses, so you just sort of go with one that sounds good to you. It's like, you know? yeah, just like learning in high school. I just... <laughs> Hope for the best, that's and that's where I learned. You know what? That would make that's what makes sense. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, okay, you made question. it this far. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I got a degree. <laughs> All right. Uh, while paddling in flat or fairly calm, calm water, where does a person's primary power comes from? Uh, their back and obliques, their legs and hips, their arms and shoulders, or their wrists and hands. So, so we're in calm water. Calm water. Now, I did not. Where does most of the strength I come did from? not read the famous book Boys in the Boat. Have you heard of that one? I it's have. About the 1936 yes. Olympics, I believe. Never. But I watched the documentary because that only took yes. uh, 60 minutes. And I'm thinking it's it's got to be it if you're in calm water. Uh, yes, yeah, back and obliques. Was that an option? Yes, the back and obliques. Okay, There's also the legs and hips and arms and shoulders and wrists and hands. Chris, what do you think? I think it's legs and hips. Seems it seems unusual, but I think it is. We're still if, in the kayak, If I right? was a gambling man, which I am not, I would put <laughs> everything I have on wrists and hands because it, it is kayaking, and they're just in flat water, and it's like this. Oh, it's uh, like this. Oh, no. Isn't it? 
I was thinking uh, kayak or barely calm water. All right, you know what? Wrist enhance. While paddling, let's do it. Here we go. But I could lose everything on this one. I also guess this one. Yes, and it is the back and obliques. Really? Oh yes. Wow, I would have put the team on your back though. Done for. That's why I do not gamble. Gambling is also immoral, but I don't gamble for many reasons. The legs. One is I would be terrible at it. Yeah. The the legs. Hard on your back and obliques. Yes. (laughs) I was thinking the legs and the hips would be if you're doing the rowing because they're back. Yeah. Right. 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 The stroke comes from a person's upper back and a rotation of the oblique muscles, Mm. the muscles on the side of the abdomen. Using just the arms and shoulders can cause fatigue. Let's just say, saying the word oblique, it's a lot of fun. It Mm -hmm. is. You should just try it out there. Oblique. I'm working. Yeah, never mind. Uh, Next question. Why would you feather a paddle? Do you know what feathering is? It's where you turn the the blades Mm -hmm. different directions. Mm -hmm. Oh, you would would feather it to change directions. And mm. So, like, you just turn them, you know, so they're different angles uh, yes. on each side. So, uh, why would you want to do this? Is it to reduce wind redu- the, 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 to reduce wind resistance, to shorten the paddle, to lengthen the paddle, to make the paddle lighter? Well, obviously, changing directions was not one of those. I'd like to retract that previous answer. <laughs> uh, and if I'm going to change, see, I'm, I'm doing it with my with my finger, my hands right now, just to help me out with that one. And I'm going to say you are actually shortening the paddle. Hmm. Was, that so? a, was that an option? Yes, shortening okay. the paddle is an option. There's to reduce wind resistance, <laughs> wind, shorten wind the paddle. Re- wind resistance paddle, doesn't seem right, but I'm going to go with the paddle lighter. It doesn't seem right, but hmm. the, these are all second. wild guesses. To often me. the things that seem I would say it depends wrong which way you feather right. it. If you feather to it this lengthen way. the paddle, I would say to lengthen, lengthen. the paddle. Well, um, I also chose this one. It is. To reduce wind resistance. Congratulations. This doesn't seem right. Kind of like a This reduces air resistance as the paddle moves through the air on its way to the water. Okay. Wind. Wow. Okay. I know nothing about this stuff. You know what? I need to to know. I thought everyone in Alaska knew how to kayak. (laughs) How is this guy sitting in the kayak? I I mean, I never. Is this a one-man kayak? I don't know. This is one that you're in, and it has the rubber. Uh, yeah, you're you know, totally sort of sealed in. They, torso. It's not the one that yeah. you buy at Kmart. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking no, of kayaks like that, our next question is: What type of kayak is fairly flat and has drain holes built into the hull? A whitewater kayak, a sit-on-top kayak, a hybrid kayak, or a tandem kayak? Oh, fairly flat. That definitely has to be you're sitting on top of it. Mm. Oh, definitely. A whitewater <laughs> kayak, a sit-on-top kayak, a hybrid kayak, or a tandem kayak. Whitewater kayak, you sit all the way down inside. You're like sealed not, in, so you can a, flip and... But yeah. it has holes drilled in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, built into the hole. Yeah, boy, I I think there's... I think it's, it's a, I think it's a sit-on-top kayak. Can you give me the last two? What were the last two? A hybrid kayak or a tandem kayak. I would have chosen hybrid if I knew what the two other options were. Yeah, hybrid. Since I don't know what it is. Total wild guess. No idea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it is the sit-on-top kayak. Okay. It's a person sits directly on top of a board-like hull with no cockpit covering them. The hull has holes in it to let water drain out, but the kayaker usually gets pretty wet. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's every kayak. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty yeah. wet. Yet. Oh, really? But you can literally flip all the way upside down. I forget what they call that, but you can Barrel flip roll yourself. or something? Yeah, it's like that, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's next question. A McTwist 1280? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. 
Which piece of equipment helps keep the kayak tracking through crosswinds? A bowline, a foot brace, a gunwale, or a skeg? Oh, I like man. the skeg word. That's so fun to say. So is gunwale. Look which is for the gunwale. Uh. Keeps it tracking <laughs> in with crosswinds, you said? Um, uh, keeps the tracking through crosswinds, yeah. yeah it's help. it's it a piece of equipment to help. It's definitely the, the gunwale. Who wouldn't want a whale with a gun? I was definitely no, right with the last one. I think it's the yeah, opposite. I think it's the the foot brace. I'm going gunwale too. It's the skeg. I like oh, was so obvious about it too. I was like, I love skegs. There. During the break, I'm gonna have to <laughs> Google that. Um, it's in a fixed position to help the kayak stay in place. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, they're usually not on less expensive kayaks. So uh, maybe that's why I've not seen it. Yes, <laughs> one that exposed to cheap. So kayaks. Probably not on the Kmart. <laughs> like the ones on top of Aaron Englehart's van. Those yeah, are the kind go. I'm usually exposed to. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, what is a spray skirt? A nylon covering to protect the bottom hull from scraping. Mm. A special bag to store a cell phone or a wallet in the kayak. A water-resistant storage bag for a kayak. Or something worn by the kayaker that attaches to the cockpit. Something worn by the cockpit. (laughs) Something worn by the guy driving. By the Inuit warrior? Yeah, by the Inuit warrior. Particularly if it's a lady who's kayaking to church, she wears a spray skirt, which goes nicely (laughs) with her spray top and uh, spray purse. It's a, it's what the kayaker wears. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, oh, that uh, is the uh, correct answer. Of course, it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> you said it after. I, 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 but he thought uh, you, you knew it. I know. I was. I, I was like going. That's why I like you guys going first every once in a while. So like, hey. Yeah. Well, once you hear us say, it, it's like, well, that's the dumbest answer. I'm I should have said it. definitely. It's definitely. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Okay. I only get like point two points for that one, so I'm at three point two. All right. Final question. Boy. Besides a life jacket or PFD, which I do not know. Personal flotation, flotation device. Oh, the U.S. Coast Guard requires kayakers to carry what other piece of equipment in navigable waters? Flares, eh. a whistle or other noise-making device, a distress flag, or a portable radio? Flares, whistles, In navigable waters. Portable radio. I, that's I where boats are? I'm, where other large craft are? Or what? I think Navigable that's, waters. I'm going to go with... I'm, I'm just going to go with the radio. I'm going to go with the radio. radio. I'm going to go thing. with distress flag. Distress flags, yes. Whistle. Whistle. A whistle is correct. Oh, man, that's or a good other one. sound devices needed to sound distressing yeah. of... Distress of warning. Flares or other light devices are required, however, between sunset and sunrise in certain waters. If I was wow. lost at sea, the first thing I would want is a whistle. Yes. Maybe a really? harmonica. Why wouldn't you want a whistle? <laughs> I mean, you brought radio to listen to some music, I guess. I yeah. would want to listen to music while you're drowning. That's what I would want. I yeah. would <laughs> definitely choose that way over a radio. Maybe an engine. So I think I a Minkota battery-powered engine. Yeah. I think Chris did get that. I, I had 3.2. That was my Chris final got score. Four. We're really? just guessing. It's by feel. It's more of an art than a I'm science. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, you know what? Yeah. Listen I, to the I rebroadcast. Catch I us on the rebound hey, and keep You know scoring. how, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like, you know, public radio where everyone's a winner. This is, hey, you know, Chris is the winner. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> we didn't keep score. I'm, I'm pretty sure you didn't, Jared. That's, I, that's I, I'm, I'm in the bottom three. I, I just, know I'm in the bottom three. We learned something, so. Yeah. Okay. So now when we come back after the top of the hour, we're going to do a little joshing around, but we have about a minute to go here. Chris, what are you guys doing this weekend? Well, I don't know what we're doing this weekend. This is one of those weekends where we have a little bit of an opening. So we might go hiking. We might do something like that. It depends, though. Uh, this time of year with all the rain, 
gets a little slippery in the mud and stuff if you go hiking. So yeah, we'll see. Have you been to Fonte River Dam? Oh yeah, we've been there a couple times. <laughs> wow. oh, yeah, that's a great place. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right, Sebastian, that gonna is... venture into the kitchen, try make some tortillas. No, that's based on your previous work experience, not <laughs> not because you're part Hispanic, but no. you said you told me you know how to make those. I do. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna. I know for sure that I'm watching Star Wars, but that's the only confirmed thing. Right? Wasn't okay. that the plan last week, though? Dude, we're watching all of them. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. All right, okay. And then, Josh, what are you doing this week? Happy birthday, Annabelle. She oh, turns yeah. 12 Happy on birthday. July 2nd on Sunday, oh, so we're having the camp team over. Going to have great. a good time. Awesome. Thanksgiving awesome. in great. July. Happy birthday, Annabelle. She's 19 years old. Getting a car for her birthday, I heard. Yeah. 12. So, <laughs> or 12 years old. She's got a couple of years left. So Annabelle's brother's in the background. So he's the king of the cannibals. And we're going to take a short break. When everyone, when we come back, we're going to do a little joshing around with these guys. So stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News. With the second hour of Live Till 5 on this Friday, June 30th, 4.04 p.m. Here at KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. I say worldwide in the most literal sense of the term because we broadcast all around the world. Now, FM radio, as you know, can only broadcast maybe 100 miles, but all around the world, through the internet, we broadcast uh, khmg.org. You can tap into the live stream and listen to our radio in real time all around the world. Or you can download the podcasts and share those with others. You can also get on our social media, Facebook. Look up Harvest Family Radio Guam. Follow us, like us, and you'll be notified every time we upload something new and cool. Chris has been uploading some different music videos recently. Really neat. And uh, really like those. Those are it's just just like a nice little unexpected uh, thing. There aren't a lot of those out there for Christian music, but kind of neat. They're really more like a... It's not really a music video in that they're <laughs> dramatizing the song. It's just a video of people performing certain Christian songs. Would that be a good description? Yeah. The, I mean, I think it ben is a music Everson. video. It's yeah. the, the performance of the recording yeah. uh, session that's just uh, video taped. Yeah. Yeah. Video taped? Is that... I don't think That's there is old, such a man. thing anymore. Yeah, I don't know why Yo. I said that. taped. Yep. Yeah. Old, I mean, because when you perhaps. say, yeah, when you say music video, I'm thinking. Do they need more cowbell or? But, no, no. I mean that's not that's, that, the, that's no. okay. Yeah, no, not that kind of a music. Video. No, no. There's there's this no is like, like good stuff. Yes, this is this. These are these quality are songs that you hear on our radio it's station. The Galkin This team is the video singing by rendition. Faith exactly. Is one of them, yes, right. and then uh, Ben Everson. Ben Everson with one of the Hamiltons, right? Yeah, one of the Hamilton. And where um, is this? This Facebook. is on Facebook. Wow, you are should they go st- there right now and check it out on Facebook. Are That's they right. in, in <laughs> <laughs> the recording? Is like while they're in studio, they're recording. Yeah, or? Yeah. yes, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's kind of neat just to see kind of how they put it together and things like that. There ben are Everson some good has ones a few out there. I'm going to do creative. more. Have... Ben Everson has a creative way of doing a few of them because it's kind of yeah. like they... He sings multiple parts sometimes, and it'll be like him singing Sometimes he'll sing seven or eight parts. You'll right. see him. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a, a one-man magic show. So anyway, hey, uh, Josh is here, and uh, our segment that has been... Uh, now become a tradition he's been with us actually the last couple summers he steps in because in the summertime he has more free time he's not coaching basketball all he's doing is basically remodeling bathrooms i'm done (laughs) nice bathroom (laughs) is done we can move on okay i'm I'm actually installing a sump pump right now okay for all the leaks and uh (laughs) this is this is this is for the driveway because my house was engineered so you that, really are putting in a sump pump? Yeah, everything is engineered so that the um all the water during the rainy right. season goes into the house. It doesn't right. it doesn't go away from the house, it goes to the house. Well, I remember the former resident of your home put a berm in front of their yeah. house in front of your house. It's and it's huge. still kind of there, What's right? When you have it's to pull huge. into it a berm a like a speed bump that oh, keeps the water out. Okay. Massive speed bump and I was thinking I got to get that thing out of there and then the first heavy rain came I was like right. I got to make that sucker yes, bigger. make it bigger. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. But yeah, they uh so I am going to center and so, so I got, you're putting in a basement sump pump no, in your driveway. No, just uh, yeah, at the right, the very uh, front of the driveway because all mm-hmm. the water comes in. And so a couple of years ago, I put a nice drainage like basin a French, in there. French drain with huge. the gravel and everything. Yep, huge, and uh, it still can't keep up with with uh, the massive amounts of water we get during rainy yeah, season. Yeah, it's not going to percolate quick enough. Yeah. So where are you pumping the water to? Oh well, neighbor's I, yard. I, I even have it down. I have it going to a drain and the drain running out to the oh, okay. out to the street and it still can't keep up. Wow. So wow. when we get those massive because there's just it ah, water comes so uh I was pretty excited some pump came in and I ordered the wrong one. Oh. So I'm really excited oh, about that. So do you have to are you putting in like um a hole you're digging a hole putting like yeah. a, a bucket just gonna, around it basically. Yeah. 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 I've got a I've got to dig a deeper a small deeper hole right there and then I'm just going to feed that hose into my drainage one so that it can uh right now with the way that my driveway is laid out i can't it can't start draining the water until it gets about eight inches high oh yeah so no, now i'm just gonna, gonna stick it down in so that it can start pumping up after it gets about right. three or four it has inches a float higher. float valve on it that's exactly the problem i ordered oh. the one without the float oh. so but How could home you? depot says they have some in stock okay. so after i finish with you i'm going down yeah. to see if i can get the uh separate nice. uh float and if right. that works out then then it'll be a good time well what Is usually it, happen you turn it on in order yeah. to make it or well, it correct. runs all the time no it comes on when the float it's kind of like flushing a toilet it has a, a yeah. float ball that when it it goes up it kicks it on yeah. until it goes back down yeah yeah um, i mean the one i that was the one I was going to get, but it was a it was a quarter horsepower, and I only needed about a fifth horsepower. So I okay. got the fi- the fifth horsepower, and I placed the order before checking to see oh that one doesn't come with the float on it. So uh, right, so it's a I bought a utility pump instead of a sump pump. Oh, utility okay. pump just and it's when you click on with a as switch. soon as you as oh, soon yeah. as you plug Power it in, up. it's it's mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. live. So. Just so user for error. the the uh, so you can obviously add a ball float on. Is it more like what you have in a toilet tank, or is it literally like one of those balls like you have in a shop vac? That's like a, a no. It's a, it's a little bit more. I'm, I'm going to get the um the vertical one. Okay. So, All but right, yeah, yeah, it's basically like your your pump that you have at or the um the float that you have in your toilet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just we have those in our water the, tank here on campus yep. has something just like that inside of it. It's the live till five hardware hour. That's right. Well, it's 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 this old house. Yeah. I hope no one's ever used that name for anything. Yeah. And actually, I, I was 
that's a topic that we're going to get into a little bit later on. But I cannot imagine. Do you remember listening to the the handyman corner like on the radios sometimes driving around? Yeah, I, I used, back, every Saturday. Yeah, back in the day. Gardening and then handyman. Yes, cannot, of course. Yeah. Cannot believe what it was like before YouTube, being a homeowner right. before YouTube yep. and having yep. to wait until Saturday, hoping that somebody calls in with the same oh, yeah. problem that I yep. have. Oh, no way. I would go to the library and get uh, like home improvement books or you'd go and buy a home improvement magazine subscription and you'd save all your issues so that like if you're going to do a deck – you know, yep. you'd have to pull the plans out of, yeah. you know, the old magazine. Uh, if you're working on your car, you'd have to go buy the Chilton's or Haynes manual, which you can still do that. And yep. Napa still sells those. But And it shows you literally step-by-step step how to do every little thing. Uh, and then I would watch – I watched Bob Vila, the original uh, – uh, this old house. This old house. And then uh, Norm, of course, the um, the guy who was like Mr. Handy and actually did everything. Norm Abrams, I think it was his name. Yeah. Now, what I have nope. found, like when watching those kinds of things, like I just don't think I'd enjoy doing that. When you have the right tools, yes, it that is, is actually kind of fun. Yes, right. Fun as in like, you know, like you say, learning is fun. I mean, it's not like fun fun, right. but it's, it's a lot more enjoyable and you having the right tools. Tim took me down. Tim Pratt took me down and showed me a planer. Yes, it changes. Unbelievable, yeah. life changing. The, the 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 wood from the auditorium. He ran. I needed one piece. He ran it through, and I'm like, I want to go buy one just exactly. so I can plane wood. Right. I don't. I, right. I hated working with wood. Right. And then he planes one. I'm like, this is I love working thing. with wood. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Having the right tools. <laughs> In my old age now, I have learned. Uh, it's better to stop what you're doing, go to Home Depot, get the right tool, come back, go to Napa Auto Parts, get the right tool, come back. Do not spend three hours trying to, you know, drive a nail in with a with a mag light uh, flashlight. It doesn't. It, it, you might be able to get it done, but it's a lot more frustrating. It usually costs you something in the end. So it's just better just do it the right way with the right tool take very specific. good care of the tool return right. the tool oh now you could do that you could do that in the states you can borrow tools from like auto parts places yep. and stuff and like at that. the libraries they started doing tool uh, tool uh, checkouts at libraries oh now that states. is a yes. great idea yes they have that finally something i could uh, i could see my tax dollars yep. actually helping me with I right would get there. a library card for that. Yes. Yes. That would be worth it. <laughs> yeah. But wow. I, honestly, with what I wanted to talk about today, this kind of works out with it. Because it's just, it's, I want to keep it to an all-American theme. We got Fourth of July coming up. And I know on Guam, Fourth of July isn't quite as big as Liberation. Uh, but it's it's a good warm-up for it. And really kind of this whole remodeling thing, which I want to save in detail for more uh, for, for a different episode. But I had the chance yesterday, after I finally got out of the bathroom... Uh, he, just for the listening audience's <laughs> clarification, he's been working on remodeling the bathroom uh, for weeks. And so every time he says he, he spent a lot of time in the bathroom or he was stuck in the bathroom, usually he's referring to tiling and grouting. <laughs> yes. Just go ahead. That was just my disclaimer. <laughs> I was my, my plan was one week when I was working on the bathroom one week. Should I say working on the bathroom? Does that sound? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. When I was yeah. working on the bathroom, it was one week for a demo and set up and one week for install. It was one week for 
demo one week for setup and two weeks for install but i'm done including barn door even got a barn door on nice. there oh, it's you got the kit from home depot uh, yeah, and, yeah yeah got the kit nice. got the door got it all painted got it all put in and so just waiting for the kids to break that but uh it's all good <laughs> i mean like fun to ride now on. i'm now i'm at the <laughs> stage where like i walk in there and i like baby it real quick and making sure everything's good but anyways finished with that and so now i'm doing what i actually like which is i, I enjoy working outside so it's a lot more fun and it's a lot less tedious. And if something goes wrong, yeah, just get a shovel and fix it. And so the last two days, I grabbed my two boys, and we did about as good of an all-American thing that you can do. Yesterday, we put up a mailbox. I'm waiting for the round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Put up that mailbox. 125 Aragon, and... You it, have home delivery? It was... This is what advice that i got from a friend a while ago if you put up a mailbox go mail yourself a letter and see if it comes and if it does you're good to go wow put up a mailbox yesterday really mail that's how it works you just put up a mailbox up, and all of and a sudden i got my address on there okay. if you build it they will come and wow. and i the post office is amazing i went to the post office yesterday mailed our uh annabelle's birthday cards mailed those yesterday uh, drove up to the post office, mailed them, got there at 4.40. I had no stamps. They closed at 4.30. But the package pickup, they were still open, and they were kind enough. I mean, they are very kind enough to, to get me some stamps, mailed them. By 12.30 today, Mr. Postman comes by, plops those two bad boys back in the mail. So uh, l- let me let me just um, kind of recap what you just said. So you and your boys, you probably spent about fifty dollars. <laughs> you spent a day in the heat digging a hole, cementing no, no. in a. Pole. That was already there. Okay, the, all right. The, the post is there. You, you, but you put a box was, on there. It was forty-five. Put the numbers the on there. Forty-five bucks. Eighty-two and cents then per number. You drove uh, three miles up to the general uh, mail facility. Yes. And you, you went. The one window was locked. You go. You beg them. Hey, can I please uh, pay you? Uh, forty-seven cents no, a stamp to no. mail these. I, I had to pay five bucks. Five bucks. Okay, so you I didn't mail have any change. So five, five bucks, bucks for two letters. Okay, two letters, and then you drive back home, and then you wait about um, twenty-one and a half hours, and then the postman drives from uh, the GMF four miles back to your place, puts the things in the mailbox. You go outside. Hey, look, I got mail. And then you walk it in and give it to your daughter. No, we all we went as a family. You can check my Twitter if we went as a family. J T H C A. We went as a family to the mailbox. Now you know, um, just <laughs> a, a I, just in. a suggestion. Wow. I mean, I'm just saying that you know you could have uh, just said Annabelle, here's your gift. Uh, could have at the breakfast could've. table. But it was a it was kind of a two for one deal. It was a I need to check to see if. The I can mail works. it if okay. I can mail I'm it, and it'll to come. Lose your, your birthday card and get <laughs> this out. Okay, I want, I'm helping the community here. All right, because I had a neighbor drive by and said, "You put up a mailbox? How does that work?" Yeah, I was like, "Well, let me explain uh-huh. to you." Uh-huh. She she said a good 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 friend neighbor. She said, "I thought about doing this a long time ago, but people said that the mail doesn't deliver on here." I was like, well, my neighbors get the mail every day. Yeah. So I put it up. Yep. And then I just, do you need to call the office, post office? Do you need to set up an account? I was like, I, I spent a stamp, which cost right. me five bucks because mm-hmm. I didn't have any change. Okay. So stamp, boom, next day, mail. And my daughter gets her birthday cards with the official post office stamp on it. It's like dad didn't go the easy route on this. No, he mailed it. Yeah, I I would agree that dad didn't go the easy route on that. Um, <laughs> the 
So that this reminds me of something that yeah. happened in my life, which was the post office told me to make up an address for my house. I lived above the radio station in an apartment, and they and I said, "What is the address here?" They said, "We don't know. Just make something <laughs> up." Wow. The wow. post office told me to make up an address, which I did, and I got my mail. What? Well, come on, you got to so, you got to give us the address. I don't know what the address was. But it was a, it was a, it was, it was the same address as the radio station. But one, I two, three, good guy one, way. Two, skip a few, I would have gone with like Lone Main Wolf, Street, something six, seven, Main two. Street, Macho Macho Man Way. Uh, <laughs> well, so now, Josh, um, with this, with this little project, first off, uh, you might not want to tell too many people because it might ruin it. Because if it happens too many, I did just follow the mail truck to an obscure. Dead end road. I was I was gonna go visit this place. One of my friends was looking at buying, and it's at this obscure little dead end street yep. out in the village. And the mail truck was going out to deliver like one package mm-hmm. to one house. No one else back there has home delivery. So the problem with Guam is that you have some home delivery, but most of the people use PO boxes, yeah. and so uh, the it's not like the postman is going door to door. It's like just the occasional people that know that they can have. And I do remember, uh, I believe the initial setup, because we had looked to get in home mail delivery years ago. It was like $5 for the initial, you go and fill out a little card. Apparently, you were able to uh, life hack that. That, that, and just by putting it out, I paid my postage. Yeah. Like I, I'm explaining, maybe to my, leave a little cookie in there. I'm something. explaining <laughs> to my my wife. She's like, "How do you th- how do you think this is going to work?" I was like. I pay the postage for this. Are you going to change all of your mailing addresses, or are you still going to receive stuff? I mean, do you have that much faith in this system? Here's the thing: is I placed an order yesterday for a uh, for a DVD. I bought the the Gospel of John. Okay. Oh, really cool stuff. We'll explain that. We'll talk about that one later. Bought that, (laughs) and so I could have it shipped to my house. Mm -hmm. Forgot to change my mailing address. Okay. (laughs) So So you want to talk about? Getting crushed. I went. I went as soon as I got it. I went through autopilot mode. Placed the order. Yes. Oh, it's coming to my PO box number. No. But it, I gotta. There, there's some old habits I gotta break. Yeah. So you're gonna have to mail yourself something else so that <laughs> you feel justified you. <laughs> about establishing oh, yeah. this this uh, roundabout way of receiving stuff. That I need. You... To, yeah. Can I mail myself a change of address? Wow. I'll, I'll see if I this can. This is do what that. you call a first world <laughs> problem where you're trying to decide which address should I put on the package, you yeah. know, when I get my three day delivery, you know, versus third world problems where it's like, can I get this delivered at all? So, uh, okay. Well, Josh. Um, hey, it's, it's been good stuff. We, yeah, we, I think we it's enjoyed. great. And it's fun. You, you're making memories out of, out of and, uh, these projects. And then to, to, to stick with the all American theme, Devin and Ryan and I this morning, we went out and we hung. Old Glory. Oh, so we bought a American flag. Uh, I bought it last Memorial Day, and then we were off island for a part of the summer. And then it was I found it in the closet, and we put up Old Glory this morning. Old Glory. And uh, Devin did the hammer drill. Rye did the impact driver. I did the fixing of the things that they worked on with that mm-hmm. one, and, uh, and then we hung it up together and. Devin Did you have Ryan. it hanging off the front of your house? Yep, Devin. Yeah, I just got one of the one of the angle poles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now what it, size? What size? Uh, flag? It is a three by five. Three, that's that's three a good size. Five, but it's it's great stuff. And we uh, it's just having that up there 
really feels cool. It is neat. I just I I love our American flag. Uh, I'm so thankful to the people that the men and women that have served. Pastor Jared, I know you uh, served in the Air Force, uh, and I appreciate that. And just so many. Uh, soldiers, men and women, even our, our, our political leaders that are out there serving me so that my family and I can do things like putting up a mailbox. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for that kind of work. Great. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did it. I now I want to drive by and see your flag and your mailbox. I think you that's can just get, awesome. You, if you get it just right at sunset, I think you can get them both there in the same picture, and it is going to be— or you can come at night because I bought the reflective numbers for the mailbox so you mm-hmm. can see it even at night. Mm-hmm. But now Old Glory, I understand, if you're going to keep it up at night, it's got to be lit. Is that correct? Uh, I don't—in the way you have it displayed, not on a pole— you know, there's there's a whole uh, code of all the I different did. things. I looked up flag etiquette last so night. So I believe you can leave it in the type of display you have. I think you can leave it up overnight, but you do want to double check that. If it's on a pole, it does have to be lit. I, I believe you're correct. Uh, residential use, they're just, they're definitely no-nos the way you definitely do not want to treat the flag. You know, you don't want to drape it over a fence. You yeah. cannot, you know, use it as clothing, things like that. Here, here's the question that I was was wondering, too, and you might know this because this is what I was looking at. I was going to put it underneath of my balcony. I got a little overhang with a balcony, and I got a porch light right there, so it would be lit. But then it's like, it's covered. So I don't know if yeah. that it was showing. It's, no, it's legal. I believe it's legal to be covered, you know, so, so it can be protected, you know, because we have them inside. That was the, outside, other, that was yeah. the other thought. I do. I want to keep it protected, but I also don't want, I wanted to be able to, to, to blow freely in the wind. Right, yeah. And I didn't want to, so I just, you know what? It's okay. It's kind of over there by a porch light. I can just kind of angle one of the lights yeah, yeah. to where it's where it's hitting over there. Uh, but it's uh, it just looks really cool, yeah. and I'm I'm very thankful for our flag. Yeah. Let, uh, fun fact for you uh, as we wrap up this uh, discussion about patriotism and the flag. Do you guys know why on the U.S. military uniforms how flags on the arm patches uh, are backwards? Have you ever noticed that? Like a U.S. Army yes. patch. The, mm-hmm. the, the flag is backwards, Same with on reversed. soccer jerseys. Yep. Same way. And uh, oftentimes really? I've on the, the, flag all the, time, but I on the yeah. tail of a U.S. aircraft as well, the flag will be reversed. Do you know why that Moving is? Moving forward. Hmm? Um, what? I mean, I, I know why they spell ambulance backwards. So yeah, when you, you look, look at the mirror? mirror, you see it. Actually, but, I thought maybe it had something to do with that. I looked this up just this I, week. But I don't. I, I don't that know. doesn't make a lot of sense to me with a with a it's, flag. It's because uh, the way a flag a flag is always flown properly in the United States. So we have very strict rules about the way the flag is flown. So it's always flown properly. Our flag has a blue field with stars in it, which will always be at the 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 nearest the pole. So if your arm was the pole, the the blue field would be nearest the pole, and if you're walking forward, it would be flapping backwards. And so that's because, like Sebastian said, you're moving forward. <laughs> so the that's why the flag is in reverse. It's not actually in reverse. It's actually just correct. It's not like a reverse or forward. It's just where would the pole be? How would it be displayed? It would be displayed hanging straight up like that and so your arm is as if it was the pole i was gonna say maybe the stars and stripe closer to your heart well and that that might be a little side thing yeah i don't think so i think the way you explained it makes perfect sense yeah well hey guys i appreciate you uh hanging around and josh thanks for coming up i mean hey you know you could be remodeling another part of your house but instead you spend this time with our faithful listeners 
hey, care about you guys out there, and um, I, I needed a break. Yeah, hey, well, there you go. <laughs> and Davin got to come up and be part of the show. He's sitting here being so quiet. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, guys, we're going to take a short break. Listeners, stick around. More live till 5 after this short break. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. It is th- 4.26 p.m. on Friday, June 30th, here at the KHMG Studios. Enjoying our second hour of Live Till 5. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till 5, 4.31 p.m. on this Friday, June 30th. If you're listening to the live broadcast, you might be catching us on Saturday between noon and 2 p.m. or Sunday night from 7 and 9 p.m. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety. So catch us on the rebound Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 and 9 p.m. or download the podcast from our website, khmg.org, where you can find not only the podcast of this show, but all the other great shows we produce here at khmg 88.1 FM. Hope you're having a great end of your work week. Maybe some of your parents are picking up your kids from sports practice or day camp, running some errands before the weekend starts. we got 4th of July coming up early next week. So happy Independence Day in advance. It's a great time to be an American. Every year being reminded of all our freedoms and big, hearty, Heartfelt thank you to all the men and women out there serving in U.S. Armed Forces, the United States Army, the United States Navy, U.S. Marine Corps, United States Air Force, and the United States Coast Guard. Men and women out there serving every day to protect our freedoms, ensure those freedoms continue. Men and women serving in public offices like police officers and fire department, those public servants, plus our elected officials and appointed officials. Judges and magistrates and governor and senators, representatives. Very grateful for all of them. We're commanded as Christians to pray for them. And uh, it's a great thing to live in the United States of America. And read the Declaration of Independence at the beginning of the show. If you missed that, you can always listen to the podcast or catch us on The Rebound. One of our regular segments here is sourced out of the Dictionary of Idioms, a scholastic book by Marvin Turban, book provided by PC, one of our faithful listeners. I think she's off island. She's a educator. She's an educator, plus she is a idiom fan, I guess you could say, trying to think of the right words there. And this little segment has been popular with some people. I've had people tell me this is their favorite segment, and I think that for some... They're just word people. They just love words and the background story to these different phrases, turns of turns of phrase. Some people, they did not grow up speaking English as their first language. That's not their heart language. So they learn some of these phrases, but they don't always know what they mean or where they came from. And so I hope to enlighten you with a few idioms today, including the idiom sling hash. This saying from the mid-1800s describes a type of a job 
Waiters and waitresses in small diners, drive-ins, fast food restaurants didn't serve expensive, beautifully prepared meals. They would often quickly throw or sling plates of cheap food, such as browned meats, potatoes, and vegetables, hash, on the table. There are plenty of places today where servers are still slinging hash. Slow on the draw in the American West in the 1800s, you often had to be quick on the draw, get your pistol out of the holster quick, to stay out of trouble. If you drew your revolver slowly, you were a candidate for the undertaker. Eventually, the term slow on the draw was extended to include actions of the mind and not just the hand. Similar expressions are slow off the mark and slow on the uptake. Slow to understand or figure something out. That's slow on the draw. Smell a rat. It's hard to not say that without like saying it like you mean it. I smell a rat. Rats are among the most unpopular of animals. When most people think of rats, they think of disgusting, wicked, horrible images. Cats have been sniffing out rats for thousands of years, and in the mid-1500s, the phrase, smell a rat, was used for human beings who suspected that something illegal, evil, or sinful had been taking place. It means to be suspicious, to smell a rat. Smell like a rose, kind of like at the other end of the spectrum here. Most people love the smell of roses, and these are... There are many perfumes that try to capture their fragrance. The American writer who thought up the early 20th century expression must have imagined someone who falls into something filthy, such as a swamp, and amazingly manages to come out smelling sweet. To smell like a rose means to look good in a bad situation, to avoid damaged reputation when involved with corruption, to appear pure and innocent. Snake in the Grass For thousands of years, people have feared and hated snakes, at least since 37 B.C. when the great Roman poet Virgil used this expression. A snake is often not out in the open where you can see it. It's hiding in the grass. It means an unfaithful, untrustworthy, underhanded, or deceitful person. A traitor is a snake in the grass. Here's a fun one. And uh, many people that say this have a southern accent. Um, I'll try to imitate one of my favorite southern accent people here on guam right now is lana i won't say her last name but she knows who she is snug as a bug in a rug or snug as a bug in a rug for centuries writers have looked for clever ways to express feelings of warm comfort and contentment in william shakespeare's time around year 1600 people said snug as pigs in peas straw But snug as a bug in a rug is a perfect expression because it contains three rhyming words. Benjamin Franklin used the phrase in a letter he wrote in 1772. The bug referred to was probably moth larva or carpet beetle peacefully snoozing inside a rolled-up rug, which in Franklin's time could have meant either carpet or a blanket. It means cozy and comfortable, safe and secure. Snug as a bug in a rug. There we go. How about this one? Soft soap. I don't know if I've heard... This idiom here, the phrase comes from the first half of the 1800s when an imaginative writer saw a figurative similarity between slithery, slippery, soft soap and insincere flattery and coaxing. Trying to get people to do what you want by sweet-talking them is like coating them with soft, smooth soap. A related expression would be butter someone up. Soft soap, to persuade by flattery or gentle urging. I must say I've never heard that phrase before, but I know exactly what it means now that I read that. Here's one I have heard and probably said. Sow your wild oats. The wild oats that grows is actually a weed. It's useless. And since at least 194 BC has been correlated to young people frittering, frittering that is, their time away, 
with silly or reckless activities, to behave wildly and foolishly, especially when young and sowing your wild oats. Here's one from the Bible. Made its way into English in about the year 1000, corporal punishment, hitting or whipping with a stick, cane, or paddle, used to be popular. Uh, used to be a popular way to rear a child. It was legal for schoolmasters to do it not too long ago. The fear among parents was if they spared the rod, they didn't swat their offspring when he or she was bad, they would spoil the child. The phrase, to spare the rod, is to spoil the child. Here's two more. Spick and span. There are two possible explanations about the origin of this famous phrase. One comes from the Old Norse language. Spick means to be neat. Spanny was a word meant uh, absolutely new. In the 1500s, two words might have been put together to mean new and neat. Another theory is from the days of the great sailing ships. Spick was the spike or nail and span was a wood chip. A spick and span new ship, the original wording, was one of every which every spike and chip was brand new. By the mid-19th century, this idiom was popular in the United States. Its popularity was helped by the alliteration spick and span, extremely clean, tidy, and neat. Interesting how there's phrases that we use, and they really do not know for sure where the origin is. And finally, here's one. You tell me if you know what it is. Well, you can't really tell me, but you can talk to the radio if you like. A popular theory about the origin of this idiom goes back to the ancient Greeks and their secret societies. People voted you into the club by putting white or black beans into a jar. White meant yes, black meant no. The beans were supposed to be counted in secret, but if somebody accidentally or purposefully knocked over the jar, they did what? Which created this idiom. The secret vote would be revealed. Another theory holds that it, it, this is an example of the American slang for the early 1900s combined two old words to talk and information into a new phrase. Related expressions, let the cat out of the bag. What is the phrase? To spill the beans. To spill the beans, which means to give away a secret someone is not supposed to know. To spill the beans. Don't, don't spill the beans. You know, in the Air Force, they taught us the phrase, loose lips sink ships. And uh, that is absolutely true. I worked in a part of the Air Force where we weren't allowed to talk about what we did every day. And they drilled that into us. Loose lips sink ships. Don't spill the beans, folks. We're going to take a short break. We come back a little more live till 5, including we're going to talk about the topic of the day, diets. Diets. So stick around more live till 5 after this short break. There's a bright day and a sunny side too. So we meet with the darkness and strife. This sunny side we also may be. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day, it will brighten all the way. If we keep on the sunny side of We're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Episode 222 of Live Till 5. If you're listening to the live broadcast, it is 4.44 p.m. on Friday, June 30th. If you're listening to the rebroadcast, 
Saturday is noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety for your listening pleasure. You can also download the podcast so you can listen at your leisure, khmg.org. Let us know you're listening through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Like us, follow us, and you get all the updates of all the great things that Chris and the crew here is doing at Live Till 5. Now, summertime is diet time for many people. I don't know about you, but struggling with being the healthy weight, not the just for looks, but being a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle has been an up and down challenge for me for years and years. And I was just curious. I I looked up uh, different weight loss products and diets and statistics on weight loss. Here's an article that I came across today. Estimated 50 million Americans go on a diet each year and about 5% manage to keep the weight off. According to Colorado State University Extension, people often choose to join a weight loss program because they, it offers an alternative way to drop pounds quickly. Heart risk disease. In 2005, the Journal of American Medical Association, JAMA, published a trial comparison of heart disease risk people in a variety of different popular commercial weight loss programs. The researchers enrolled 160 participants with known risk for cardiovascular disease and assigned them to adhere to one of four weight loss programs for two months. After one year, the researchers concluded that each diet modestly reduced the body weight and several heart risk disease factors. Adherence to the diet, however, was low. Those who were able to follow their diet experienced the reduced risk of potential cardiac disease symptoms. Weight loss programs are luring customers in with phony claims, exaggerated performance promises, and even flat-out lies. Out of a sample of 300 advertisements, the Federal Trade Commission Report report found that 65% use customer testimonials such as, I lost 46 pounds in 30 days. 42% had before and after photos. The average amount of weight loss was 100 in 195 testimonials. Advertised was 70 pounds, an amount that is not achievable for the products they're promoting. Some ads insinuated that customers could conceivably drop 8 to 10 pounds per week. Here's another one. Diet plans are not cheap. Forbes magazine compared the cost of a weekly menu from 10 popular diets. The average price buying foods, this was 10 years ago, from plans like Jenny Craig, Nutrisystems, Ornish, SlimFast, and others came to $85.79. Average American spends only $54.44 per week on food at that time. Considering the fact that most people gain back two-thirds of the weight and gain back 100% of their lost weight in five years, according to the different FTC report in 1997, money can't be can be spent much better other places. So here you go. Here are the five worst fad diets out there. According to Fox News, this report was released a couple years ago. The HCG diet. The program limits dieters to 500 calories per day. It promises that they won't feel starved. This unlikely feat is achieved with the help of human chronic gonatropin, same hormone that causes morning sickness in pregnant women. It's a self-induced nausea that the HCG diet produces weight loss. But while the sickness may be unpleasant, the true danger of HCG diet is very low calorie allowance. 500 calories, dieters are allowed only half of the minimum recommended daily caloric intake for women. 
unsustainable diet, basically. How about the Sleeping Beauty diet? The Sleeping Beauty diet gained proper popularity in the 1960s and 70s when it was purportedly championed by such high-profile dieters like Elvis Presley. That did not turn out well. The diet takes the idea that individuals don't need to eat while they sleep to a dangerous extreme, encouraging them to enter a drug-induced state of sedation. The diet posits that over a number of days, dieters can sleep off the pounds by sticking to a strict regimen of sleeping pills. Unfortunately, these pills were highly addictive and dangerous, and there's no evidence to suggest the diet produced sustainable weight loss. Master Cleanse, or the Lemon Detox Diet, 2011 survey of the Dietitian Association of Australia, Lemon Detox Diet was voted the worst fad diet, with over 80% of the 50-plus participating nutritionists denouncing it. How about the eat-all-you-want diet? It may sound ridiculous, but some believe that you can lose weight by simply eating whatever you want whenever you want. The idea behind the outlandish diet is that once you're allowed to eat anything and everything, you'll quickly become bored with food and ultimately lose weight. And finally, this one's discussing the tapeworm diet, perhaps the most disturbing diet on the list. The tapeworm diet emerged in the 1920s as a supposedly effective way to shed excess pounds quickly. While most of us have nightmares about catching a parasite, the diet suggests individual ingest tapeworms that live in their stomachs consume the food as it is eaten. Ugh. From Mental Floss Magazine... Different questionable weight loss products from history, and it has just a list of these, including Fat Off. Fat Off, introduced in 1909, claimed to simply melt away your fat. No dieting, no dosing, external application only. Or uh, how about this? Dr. Walter's famous medicated reducing uh, rubber garments, which was basically a, a sweat garment. It would, it would stick to you and make you sweat. Fat reducer, which uh, this uh, Dr. Lawton's fat reducer, which is more of a massage-type device that, that kind of massages your fat away. Lesser Slim Figure Bath. And uh, the sensation of Europe catching consumers' eyes. Basically, uh, it was a German invention, and it referred to clinical tests. Prominent Berlin physicians, something called the famous Nauheim Principle, representing the brand as exotically European, playing up highly scientific and modern, but it was merely one brand of bath powder that claimed a magical ability to melt fat. So how about this one? Dainty Form Reducing Cream, another fat-reducing uh, topical uh, analgesic. Lamar Reducing Soap, very similar to that. Um, let's see, what else we have here? Wheel Scientific Reducing Belt. Basically, a, a, gir a girdle for men. Um, how about this one? Reducing chewing gum. Self-reducing chewing gum. Just think that all one has to do to take off ugly, unsightful rolls of fat is to chew two or three pieces of refreshing, delightful chewing gum. Now, of course, uh, that did not work either. These are all things that did not work, and they were false. Uh, how about this? Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Lucky Strike Cigarettes was advertised as a way to lose weight. Now, smokers do sometimes lose weight, but, uh, you know, at what cost? And Hemp Body Massager, 1930s Conley Company, Hemp Body Massager offered to roll away your fat. And so it basically was a, a tool to massage away the fat from your body. So, bottom line, I'm not a nutrition expert. All I know is a combination of exercise... And healthy food choices, including but not limited to consuming less, contributes to sustained weight loss and being a healthy weight. Exercise, 
if you can, combined with eating less and eating healthier, contributes to long-term sustained weight loss. In my experience, consult a doctor for more about that. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about something a little more serious. Places where the gospel is persecuted. Take a short break. Be right back after this. God, walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Episode 222 of Live Till 5 on this Friday, June 30th, 4.56 p.m. as we wrap up the show. Just want to introduce a topic that I'm going to continue on with over the next few weeks. Just to raise a little bit of awareness, I printed up the 2017 Global Report on where Christians are persecuted today. Produced by Voice of the Martyrs. I would encourage you to go to Voice of the Martyrs website, persecution.com. And uh, they have a number of good resources. But this is their global report on persecution of Christians worldwide. And this report was created to help guide your prayers for persecuted brothers and sisters in some of the world's most dangerous places for Christians. The 68 countries in the report have been arranged by religion by region, I'm sorry, and identified as restricted, hostile, or monitored. So restricted includes countries where government-sanctioned circumstances or anti-Christian laws lead to Christians being harassed, imprisoned, killed, or deprived of possessions. Hostile includes nations or large areas of nations where governments consistently attempt to provide protection for Christian population, but where Christians are routinely persecuted by families, friends, and neighbors, or political groups. Monitored, these are being closely monitored by Voice of the Martyrs, because of a trend towards increased persecution of Christians. The frequency and severity of persecution do not currently meet the criteria of hostile category or restricted. Now, for the Asia-Pacific region, it's amazing that much of Asia-Pacific is either hostile or restricted. And uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, Brunei, Vietnam, Laos, Myanmar, China, North Korea, Philippines, Mindanao specifically, all on the list. Brunei is restricted. Major religion is Islam, 66%. Christianity is only 11.8%. And they're led by a sultan prime minister, uh, Sir Hassanai Bolkaya. The same family has ruled Brunei for over six centuries. Oil and natural gas drive the economy, and the government provides for all medical services and education. Sharia law dominates the legal system. Christians are not allowed to share their faith. Islam is the only religion allowed to be taught to children of Muslims. Muslim parents are prohibited from letting non-Muslims care for their children. Muslims who convert to Christianity can lose custody of their children. The Anglican, Methodist, and Catholic churches are the only churches legally registered in Brunei. Voice of the Martyrs smuggled Bibles into the country for three years, effectively meeting the need for Bibles in the nation by 2011. But they continue to monitor the need. That's just one country within a very short distance of Guam. And hopefully this reminds us, we enjoy so many freedoms. We're getting ready to celebrate 
Independence Day, and we enjoy all these freedoms here on Guam, yet we have brothers and sisters in Christ within a very short distance that do not enjoy those freedoms, where Christians are persecuted on a regular and systematic basis. We want to make sure we're praying for our brothers and sisters today in Brunei, that the gospel will get into the country and that those that are believers in the country will be safe, protected, and they'll be able to spread the gospel amongst their their fellow countrymen. And that's it for Live Till 5. It's Friday, June 30th, episode 222. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to spend these two hours with you, the fastest two hours of my week. I don't know about you. I hope you are able to catch the podcast through khmg.org or listen to the rebroadcast noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday evening. Catch us on the rebound if you missed part of the show. You are listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.